game. This ain't no joke. This ain't no game. This that CSC game. They said pull up, so I came. You better put some respect on that name. Yeah, 55 was goody. Kill the vibe, how could he? Big card on the hoodie. Let me break it down for you fully. This ain't your average broadcast. This ain't just no podcast. The mother show spread fake news. We just call them broadcast. West, Joey, Sam, Sean, Dalton. And you know that boy Higgy. He said he don't want no small fries. Tell them they better make them biggie. Yeah, you already know what we be on. We got the crown, we hold the throne. We throw the mails and you take them home. When they ring the bells, you know that it's home. The bar set, we setting the tone. If we set it, then set it in stone. Now sit in the seat and set up your phone. You in the car, no sports zone. <laughs> set it. Welcome to this week's bonus episode of the Cardinal Sports Zone Podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Warman. Today's episode, again, bonus episode. It's another edition of the award-winning, apparently, because the awards come out this week in Louisville. Uh, the Leo Awards, Cardinal Sports Zone, we, we, we got one of those. We appreciate everybody that follows the podcast, the website, listens, supports us. We really appreciate it. But I think, I want to say it's because of this new uh, this new segment that that we've started doing every week called Game Day Prep, where I go one on one with some of the best uh, podcasters, bloggers, media, however you want to put it, in the country uh, for whoever we're playing that week. And this week, I, I'm actually excited because first off, I did not plan it this way. Louisville Cardinals did not plan it this way. The Boston College Eagles did not plan it this way. But I get to on on Boston College Nights edition of Game Day Prep, while my Boston Red Sox are playing in the background, get to interview this guy, <laughs> one of my favorite guys. Uh, we're going to talk to a guy that when we first joined the ACC, I, I DM'd some of my guys from the other teams I already knew and was like, who's the go-to guy for BC? The overwhelming response was this guy. He's the editor and publisher of SI Now's BC Bulletin and the BC representative for Locked In, AJ Black. AJ, what's going on? Hey, Jeremy. Thanks for having me on. It's a great night. The Red Sox are crushing the Astros, and I apologize if any of your listeners are into them, but um, I'm in a good mood, and let's, let's talk some sports. Absolutely. And uh, that's funny you say that because our locked on representative here in Louisville is also on cardinalsportszone.com. His name's Dalton Pence, and he's an Astros fan. So I'm enjoying. I saw that. I saw that because I'm gonna I'm gonna probably do a crossover episode with him for the for the network and I'm like, oh boy, gonna have to time that one out right. <laughs> yeah, just make sure he knows that uh, he tried to say the other night. Oh, I didn't know there were so many Boston fans. Well, you know what? Then you don't pay attention to your timeline, Dalton, because they're 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 everywhere. And yep. you know, I just I've been a <sighs> I hate to go off on a tangent here. This ain't even a part of my shot sheet at all, but. Uh, just growing up being a Red Sox fan, my, my grandfather he uh, he he grew up in in Virginia, and he always growing up we got to watch the Cubs and Braves because they were on the super stations WGN and TBS. But his his favorite team was the Red Sox, and I would ask him, well, "Why is your favorite team the Red Sox? They they always lose." And he's like, "Because they never give up." And that's kind of like when with me, I was like. That's 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 what I want to be. I want to be, you know, I want to be somebody when I start playing sports that never gives up. And I just kind of embraced it. And I'm a Celtics fan also. It's kind of weird because I'm a Celtics and Red Sox fan. So I represent Boston in those two sports. But in the other two sports, I'm a Steelers and a Penguins fan. Did I, yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't even plan to pick two from each city. That's just the way my dad was a Steelers. He grew up in uh, South Bend, Indiana. And he always uh, Steelers were his team, so it just it just turned out that way. When I got when I started growing up, I I didn't really have an NBA team until I was about ten. And Larry Bird and just all Robert Parrish yep. and Kevin McHale just dominating. I you know as a kid you're you're drawn to the teams like that. And I don't even yep. remember how the Penguins. I think it was just because I really enjoyed Sidney Crosby, and I was like, well, you know what, I got I, I'll just go for the Penguins. So. Uh, so, so it is what they it is. A but nasty, they had a nasty NHL '93 team on the Sega Genesis. Yes, yes. Oh man, dude. <laughs> when we do when we do our video game throwback episode, I'm gonna have to have you back on because we oh, we, we yeah. are planning on doing that. Love, love, love video games. I've got like three uh, custom arcades that are. It was our sponsor last year. Custom multicades. They'll like put any team's logos and 
load any games in there you want, and I'm just I'm down there all the time. Uh, I I, I have two small kids at home, but when the kids go to sleep and sometimes my wife goes to bed early, that's when I crank open the PS4 and you know find some game that I haven't played in a while. And you know, at this age, I'm still I'm still falling way behind. And I mean, I buy all the old games because I haven't played them yet. <laughs> and but I love it. And um, I, I man, I could talk I could talk video games for a whole hour if I had to. Dude, anytime anytime you need me for anything, I can already tell we're clicking. And I mean, we we've clicked in the past, but when when I decided to do game day prep, it it actually was based upon you because I was looking through. I, we were sitting here, and I had done an an, an interview with uh, one of the UCF beat writers, and it was a written interview. I wasn't thinking anything of it. And then it, I had saw some of your tweets, and then I just started looking at our schedule, and I was like, I really like AJ. I was like, why, why don't I interview him? And I was like, well, if I'm going to interview him, why don't I interview all of our opponents? Then it just clicked, and it's been very, very successful. I appreciate you coming on. Uh but dude, I, I I love to talk. You'll you'll learn that about me. Sometimes I don't shut up. I love to talk. Anytime you need <laughs> my services, I'm there for you, brother. And yep. when, as soon as we do the video game, like that's probably why. Real quick before we get to business, because I know we need to get to business. And the Sox are playing. I want to watch them play it. You're watching them. Yep. I want to watch them. Um, yep. But th- it's probably a good re- good thing that I that we haven't had kids yet. We're gonna we're going we are looking to adopt in 2022. But I'm just afraid okay. that I would be such a poor sport when it comes to video games. Like, smack the controllers out of their hands if they were about to score. Like, when I was growing up, that's what I used to do, do to my little brother. Like, it, once he started getting close to me, I'd find out little tricks like accidentally turning the system off or just smacking the controller out of his hand so I could mm-hmm. get an advantage. You know, stuff like that. But we could definitely I- do a video game one in the future. So, one last little video game thing. My favorite photo of my dad when I was younger is the two of us sitting at home on the couch, and we both have Nintendo controllers in our hands, mm. and he's playing Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. I'm like three or four at this point, and I look like I'm playing, but if you look closely, my controller's completely unplugged, <laughs> and he's like, yeah, you know, you used to sit there and play, I think you were playing along, but in actuality, I was playing the whole time, and so Mike Tyson's Punch-Out was my favorite game as a kid. I eventually got to play it myself. I don't think I ever beat Mike Tyson, but it was one of my favorites. I did one time. And now that game, not to show my age at all, but that game, I think I was about 10 years old when that game came out. And that's all I did that whole summer. It came out was play and play and write the little codes down. So you, when you started playing again, you could hop back yep. right where you were. Only one time that I ever get to beat Mike Tyson. And then after I beat him, I didn't, for some reason, I just lost interest in playing it, but it is on my arcade machine it. downstairs. <laughs> yep, I hear that. <laughs> so I had to, but again, that we got off the we got off the rails there. Th- that happens here. I, I I tend to do that from time to time. But AJ, thank you again for joining us and talking about this game, even if neither team is really where we thought they would be at this point. Uh, y'all are a lot closer than we are, but this game will be taking place uh, October the twenty third this Saturday at four p.m. Kind of like that kickoff time, not too early, not too late. Uh, let's get a little bit into the game day prep. The premise behind this, I ask five fun questions and then five serious questions. So I guess sure. let, let's just, uh, no pun intended, let's just, let's kick. I've never done that before. It's a horrible pun, but let's kick this off. Um, first question, and I think I kind of know this now because uh saw the caller ID, but the question was, do you live in the Boston area and are you fans of the pro, pro sports teams around there? And I think we've kind of already got that answer, but I so, didn't. Yes. So funny. So I've lived in Massachusetts my entire life. I went to school at BC. I went to, so I went to BC as a grad student, lived on campus for two years as a grad student. I was Matt Ryan's RA at one point. Really? Um, yep. Jared Dudley too. Um, loved being there. I got married at BC. Um, I worked for BC for a couple of years after I graduated um my wife's for, I mean we're, we're like big BC so like then I just got into like covering it and I kind of put the fan stuff to the side a little bit I mean I put it on and off at here and there right right I moved to a town outside of Matt uh, Boston that has the most Boston way of saying it it's spelled w-o-r-c-e-s-t-e-r you would say Worcester out here we call it Worcester Worcester uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, I live right outside of that. And, um, that, yeah. And I'm a huge Boston sports team. I'm, I, I, I I don't do it on social media anymore because it just gets me in fights with people. So I stopped that. That's fair. Um, and I just don't have time for it anymore. And honestly, as a dad, I, uh, it sucks. I don't have the time to watch the games. I get to watch BC. What could I do it for work? But like the Pats, usually it's like me running around chasing my three-year-old trying to get that on (laughs) or if I saw my phone. Um, but you know, like the Red Sox, I, I have to say I've been pretty crappy about watching it this year. <laughs> yeah, and, and here, I don't, I don't know why. I think it's because baseball is such a long, long season, but I rarely get to – I'm the same way. I, I rarely get to watch. But when it's playoff time, if we're there, I'm watching. I'm yeah. doing whatever. Like I, I already know right now I've got to get up at 6 a.m., and I know this game is going to go well into the hours of the night. Don't even care. Yep. Want to watch it. Yeah, I mean – the best game I ever went to, speaking of the Red Sox, I was just talking to my wife about this. We both went to it before we got married. 2007, I went to this game seven of the ALCS at Fenway Park um, where they put, they beat the Indians um, in, a, in a real great game. That was the one where Papelbon, after the game, got, I think he was drunk. I mean, probably <laughs> Papelbon. He was dancing with like a, a beer box on his head and uh, yeah. shorts and stuff. Um, I was at that game. That was the best sporting event. I mean, college was fun, but that was nothing's going to beat that. That was so much fun, and I don't think I'll ever, I'll ever beat that unless I go to something with my kids, and that's fun. But whatever. Right, and the one thing I will say about the, and not to make this again, we've already done this once, so let's do, and try to limit it this time. But uh, with with the with the Red Sox, the one thing I can say for sure is that all their postseason runs have been memorable. Even this one right now going down to Tampa Bay and then coming back and beating them and then getting down to these goofballs. And it looks like, I mean, I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to jinx anything, but, but it looks like we are playing really, really well against one of the best teams in baseball. There's always a story with, with, with the Red Sox postseason run. So I, I, I love it. I'm, I'm glad that we finally have started to shed that loser label. I mean, it's been about 15 years that we've been, uh, give give or take a few years that w- that we've got rid of that, but it just feels really good, and, and you know I'm really proud to be like, oh, I'm a Red Sox fan. Y'all, everybody else around here cheers for the Reds. Unfortunately, I uh, mm-hmm. I don't. So let's uh let's get to uh, we, again. I feel like me and you could probably talk all night long. So I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to uh, you know put the cuffs on myself a little bit. Second question: I have asked this question in every edition of Game Day Prep so far. What are your overall feelings on Louisville to the ACC? Uh, them being a member of the ACC? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think they're a good fit. I mean, um, they, they don't have, like, the – to me, it doesn't seem like they have the academic profile of some of the other schools. That's fair. But, you know, basketball-wise, they fit perfectly. I think they're a perfect fit. I know they haven't hit the heights that they did, you know, under Patino and things like that. But, I, I mean, for me, like, I go back constantly to think of the times, like, they come in and who do they get immediately? You know, the guy's getting his, his number retired, Lamar Jackson, who is easily the best athlete I've ever seen live. I mean, he, is, he was incredible. Um, I remember going to see Jackson at BC, and it was a game that they – I forget what the end score was, but it was one of those games I went with my friends and I left at halftime because – Jackson, it was like he had like six touchdowns by halftime. And, you know, I think they were able to put together something there and and are immediately become a contender in the ACC. And, and that kind of helped them kind of fit in. Um, I like I, I'm, I've been a big fan of BC in, in Louisville games because um, that happens. And then what happens the year after that, A.J. Dillon has his like 250 yard game against Louisville down in, in at Cardinal Stadium. Uh, so, yeah. I've enjoyed Louisville being a part of the conference. I was a little skeptical at first, but I think they really fit in. And I think their, 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 their athletic profile, especially, you know, you know, you look at even like some of the smaller sports, well, we call it smaller, but it's baseball, things like that. They're perfect for it. So I think they've done a nice thing and I like them a lot more than Maryland. <laughs> I think every, my little brother, he always trashes Maryland every single episode of the, uh, the Sunday podcast. So I, he he would love to hear you say that, but no, you're right though. I, I feel like you know our baseball team's consistently top ten. Our volleyball team is consistently top ten. They're number two right now. 
field. I mean, every field hockey team in the, and I know, I know those sports are, are not really as celebrated as they should be, but women's basketball, all the, all, all those sports, like we're, we're very, you know, we do very well in those sports. Yep. And I think women's basketball, like I know it's, you know, it's a football podcast, but I really think that's going to be a, a sport that's growing and growing and growing. And it's important and have a program like Louisville that's good at it. It's going to be important for the conference. Absolutely. And shout out to Dana Evans. She won the, uh, she was on the Chicago scout WNBA team yep. that won the championship. She, uh, bless her heart. She, she had a rough, uh, last 12 months and for it to, uh, culminate in, in this, you know, they, we lost in the conference tournament final, and then we lost to the eventual national championship uh, championship team in Stanford. And then she was supposed to be a first round pick and slip to the second. And then for her to be a play a pivotal part, so yeah, like you said, uh, even though this is a football podcast, though, Jeff Walls has got those girls. Th- I haven't s- seen any coaches in my lifetime, and, that, and it's no disrespect to any of the coaches I've been around here at Louisville, but. Jeff Walls and Dan McDonald are are special coaches, and they just they don't they don't rebuild they they literally reload every year, and I, I'm very excited to see what they're going to do. But Boston College, uh, moving on to question three, uh, they've always kind of uh, held a special place in my heart because this was the team when I was growing up. Boston, we used to be Boston College's cupcake payday. You know, we played them like five times when I was growing up, but. The series is pretty even overall. Each team has a winning record overall, uh, has a winning record at home. Uh, Louisville's four and two at home and seven and six overall. That goes all the way back to the late '80s, which again, it was the little payday games y'all paid us, and we won. Then we lost. I think it ultimately ended because we were starting to win uh, more than we lost. But I actually took my visit to Louisville for the BC game and one that we won here in at Cardinal stadium. Uh, let's see what, so you've already kind of touched on this too. Again, when, when you do stuff like this, sometimes answers to other questions come up in, mm-hmm. in prior questions. So, uh, I, so the next one, so let's do this. What is, what has been a favorite moment of you? I think I know what you're going to say. Cause I think you alluded to it earlier, but what's been a favorite moment from this Louisville BC rivalry for you? Okay. So as I just said, like, you know, watching Lamar Jackson, my dad had me grow up as a Boston College fan and got me to appreciate even when BC's losing to see good moments. And like, I know he's not a guy you want to talk about right now, but I remember watching Deshaun Watson just rip apart BC. I remember mm. Ed Reed's huge interception against Boston College. Like, you see these big moments, you see really good players, and you have to tip your cap because it's fun to see good football. So Lamar Jackson, you know, ripping apart BC was interesting. <laughs> um, but also on the other flip side, you got to see BC do the return the favor. Yeah. Um, it, you know, with Steve Adazio here for years, his his brand of football was not pretty. And, you know, he, he loved that old school power football. But when it clicked at times, it could be fun to watch. And there were certain games, and Louisville was one of them, where you saw like an Andre Williams or an AJ Dillon just go crazy. Mm-hmm. And AJ Dillon, I mean, he I mean, you saw him on Green Bay this week. He had a huge game for them. Um, he is a special back. He's built like a linebacker. Michigan recruited him as a linebacker. And he played he's enormous. And he had that huge game against Louisville, uh, where he had four touchdowns. I think he had like two hundred and sixty yards re- rushing. Yeah. That was that was probably the game I will always remember. But I, you know, as much as I want to not remember Lamar ripping apart BC, that that one's up there too. I'll say this: I had the privilege when when we started Cardinal Sports Zone. It will be ten year on December the fifth. It's our tenth birthday, and I we were blessed enough that when we started, we were covering Teddy Bridgewater, and and when we were covering Teddy, we thought. My my God, this is such a special. And the kid was as nice as he is. You know, you 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 think sometimes, oh, that that guy can't be that nice. No, Teddy was every bit as nice as he's being portrayed to be. And we were just so blessed and lucky to be able to cover him. And then Lamar came along a couple of years later, and it's like, oh, I'm I'm on the field and I'm watching this dude just t- tech mobile type moves and in video game mm-hmm. type numbers, and it's just like crazy uh but 
as far as Louisville, Boston College, the, the one moment that stands out in my mind was not a good moment for us. And it may be the same game. I don't recall. But, like, we were heavily favored, and y'all came up here and beat us, like, 44-41 to 41 on a last-second field goal. It was something – I may have the score completely incorrect, but it, y'all beat us on a last-second field goal, and it just felt just ripped my heart out that game because we, we needed that win, and, and it ended up, I think, sending us on a little bit of a, a downfall that season. But, all right, I'm going to ask the hard question this time. Favorite, right. favorite Louisville player of all time not named Lamar Jackson? Oh, God. Uh, favorite Louisville player, not named Lamar Jackson. Um, I always like Des Fitzpatrick a lot. There you go. Um, I remember seeing him in a night game at BC, and I, it must have been like four or five years ago at this time. And I just was impressed with how good of a receiver he was. And, I, you know, I know he I – mean, he just graduated last year, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yes, sir. <laughs> I don't know. If he, I, don't, I don't know where his career ended up going. I just remember him in that game. BC could not cover him, and he just ate up the Eagles. So you know, when you see a ride receiver do something like that, it's impressive, right? So he he'll be my pick, Des Fitzpatrick. Well, I'll tell you what happened to him, AJ. What happened to him is that we made a coaching change to a guy that likes to run the ball ninety percent of the time, and not he doesn't like to throw it to tall wide receivers down the field. He'd rather. Chuck yep. it five yards to Tutu and let him run uh, for 200 yards uh, up the up and down the field. But I don't want to get into that. Uh, <laughs> Des, Des is a phenomenal – he was taught. His dad, Greg, a friend of the show, t- runs a wide receiver academy and taught him to fund him. I knew as soon as he stepped foot on campus that he was going to do everything uh, impeccably. Yep. And his his dad taught him well. His little brother committed to Louisville, was here for a year. Now he's up at Michigan State playing. Uh, he transferred away. But, yeah, Des, that, that's a really good one. A lot of people say Teddy, and then a lot of people say Dion Branch. But, yeah, Des, and he's a good kid too, man. We, we've been really lucky to get a lot of good pe- a lot of good people here that are also good players. I, I mean, I, I could sit here all day and talk about Des and Tutu and Jair and Teddy and Lamar, just all great dudes. Great, great dudes. Um, Question number five. If Cardinal fans make the trek next season up to Chestnut Hill, what do they need to see and where do they need to eat? Because, AJ, we like to eat. All right. So it depends on what you're looking for. If you're going – if you want Italian food, Boston has the North End. Has some really great restaurants up there that you got to check out. You know, you get good cannolis up there, get good Italian food. It's where the uh, Boston Mob used to be located out of. Um, okay. You know, if you ever heard the Whitey, if you ever saw, um, oh uh, gosh, the the Whitey Bulger story, but whatever that, I totally blanking on the name of it. But Mystic River is also out of that. Um, North End's also great. So around Boston College, you want to go to the Eagle Deli. Um, Eagle Deli is right outside of bc and they have um a burger challenge if you ever watched man versus food versus uh, back on the food channel back in the day mm-hmm. i think it's still on you can you can do a burger and a, a one pound burger and a pound of fries if you can do it you get your picture on the wall if you don't you get your picture on the wall of shame so here's the deal with me back then when we was B, when i was at bc with my wife or a future wife at that point I'm on the wall of shame. She did it. <laughs> okay, so, okay. She she can handle that. Back, I mean, I think I could now. I, I you know, I, I I my my eating habits changed as I got a little older. But good burgers, good fries. Love that place. I would check that out immediately. Um, with COVID, so many things have changed. Like some of my favorite places around the area have all gone out of business. Um, and so you know, this city side bar. That was if you're a Louisville fan in next year, you're thinking like, where do I go before a game? Because remember, Boston College has crappy tailgating rules. Uh. You have to you have to be a donor to get on campus, and it's like thousands of dollars. So you can't just be like, oh, I'm gonna donate to get on. You gotta like, you know, basically donate a family vacation to get on campus. Oh no, it's stupid. It's stupid. We love to tailgate <laughs> too, AJ. We're we're big tailgaters here in Louisville. I, I, I hear you. They had a young alumni deal before I had kids that I used to take advantage of. And also my wife's grandmother was disabled so I could get on campus for free. Gotcha. Key <laughs> for a while. Um, but 
you if you're if you're a Louisville fan and you want to like get together with other Louisville fans, I think I just saw I was just on campus for the the NC State game uh, in the press box. Um, you can go to you can go to Cityside Bar. That's where most of the away teams go. But they're starting to do like beer gardens and stuff on campus. So like it's better than nothing. But like they have like beer trucks and food tents and all sorts of stuff that you can get food and party and stuff on campus. It's not the same as what a typical tailgate is, but at least it gets you on campus. At least it gives you some fun. If you ever see a Louisville football game and it looks like the stadium's only about a quarter full, it's because 65 to 70% of the people are passed out in the parking lot in the tailgate drunk and it takes them a while. It takes them a while to yep. get it. That, that, honestly, we're, we're, we are big tailgaters. We are big. Yep. Now I say I'm not, but the the majority of the fan base, big bourbon yep. bourbon people, and, and we all we all love to eat. But I want to ask you about two two specific places. Now, there's a guy that used to wrestle here in Louisville named Kofi Kingston. Uh, oh. he, he's a BC alum as well, and yep. he would always talk. New day, new day, yeah. I was watching that too. I've got two T. I was watching the Red Sox and then watching Kofi and Xavier wrestle on the uh, Xavier wrestle yep. with Kofi in the background. But he always talked about this food truck that was on campus that was phenomenal. Do you know which one he's talking about? I know that's not very. I didn't give you a whole lot to go on, but Kofi was talking about that. Yeah, Kofi was talking about a food truck, and then he did a special on the WWE Network where they went to like a. Uh, a sandwich shop or a Mexican restaurant. I don't remember. What, it's been a while since I, I watched wow. I know I'm not hey, getting Kofi's, very specific with you, but. Kofi's dad is the head librarian at Boston College. Really? Um, yep. Yep. Um, really? Gosh, I don't know. I don't know. That's, so. I don't, and, and I want to say that the food truck, the, the Mexican one, I know that could be one of a billion places up there. The food truck was yep. actually. Um, it was actually featured on an episode of maybe the diners, dive-ins, and drives, and like every item there was named after. Gosh, I can't. Next time I'll need I'll need to do a little bit better research on that. But I didn't know. I've been to Boston one time. I was 17 years old. Yep. I got to see the Boston Gardens. Uh, yep. I got to see where the Boston Tea Part. My dad, big history guy, so he took us everywhere. Uh, he'd work all kinds of overtime so he could take us on a summer vacation. I uh, got to see Boston, and his biggest thing, as big of a history buff as he is, we got to walk over to where Cheers was. Oh, yeah. And see yep. Cheers. And they, <laughs> he was just, of course, it was a, on the air then, and it was it was his fa- one of his favorite shows. But he's like, we got to go see Cheers. And we walked in. Of course, we walked in, and his goofy butt's like, Norm! I'm like, Dad, there's nobody in here. <laughs> Name Norm. Calm down a little bit. But uh, that's really, really cool. We can when it gets closer to that time, I'm sure we can, we can do this again, and and you can have a little. We can, we can do a little bit more. Uh, I'll do better on my research as far as that's concerned. I just assumed that maybe it was just like this well-known yeah, food not, truck. Is not ringing a bell. Yeah, no, no, nothing that I know of, and I'm surprised because Kofi would have been after like the food truck craze. Start. I mean, he was before the food truck craze kind of kicked off. So I'm curious what he would he, what he would have known, but maybe his dad knew something at, on campus. So it could have been. I have to look, and I, I didn't know that. See, so you learn something new every day here on the Cardinal Sports Zone podcast. Kofi Kingston's yep. dad is the head librarian. Yeah, he wrestled here in Louisville for about three months, and at OVW, which is still running yep. off of uh, Old Shepherdsville Road. Here they have. I don't know why I feel like I'm doing a promo for them. Go get tickets every Thursday night here in Louisville. They're still here, but uh, all their wrestlers. We're all. I know. I know. People are listening to this. Maybe some for the first time. Like this guy just thinks everybody's nice. But literally, we'd go to OVW, and then after the matches, uh, we'd wait till the crowd thinned out a little bit. And even during sometimes during the matches, like Cena, Orton, Batista, Brock, Shelton Benjamin, yep. they'd all come out just with the crowd, sit and talk, have a good time. Like my apparently, my dad always was just like a person magnet because they'd always come over and sit by us. Hey, y'all enjoying the matches? How's things going? But I remember Kofi, because Kofi wasn't here for that long, but Kofi even back then was very, very humble. 
And I remember standing outside, and again, we're off the rails. I don't care. It's it's my show. It's it's AJ's show yep. tonight. It's the people's show. I'm about to cut a promo. I hate this. But uh, <laughs> but I was standing outside, and Mark Henry was there, and Kofi Kingston was there. And I walked out and said, hey, how y'all doing? And then Kofi's like, how are you enjoying, it? enjoying your night tonight? I'm like, man, I came here to see the big fellow, which I didn't know who Kofi was at that point. He had just got there. Yep. And Mark's like, stop playing. I said, dude, I, I heard you were going to be here tonight. I canceled my plans. We were supposed to go play basketball. I said, I canceled my plans just so I could come watch you. And he's like, man, that really means a lot to me. I didn't think anybody cared to see me. I was like, dude, I've been I've been watching you since you were doing the slam dunk competitions at, in the middle of the all-star game uh, on ABC. Like, I remember that stuff. Like, I, I appreciate yep. you coming out here and, and working hard on your craft. So, again, I feel like we could do just like a different show every day. One about wrestling, one about video games, one about Louisville and BC, and then we can go on a food truck hunt that may or may not exist. I don't know. Well, if you're a if you are a big wrestling fan and you come up to Massachusetts and you go see a wrestling show, there is a, a, a um, Chinese restaurant called Kowloon's. Mm-hmm. It's the place probably since the mid eighties that every WWE show, they end up, they have their after party there. So that if you go there, even if you go there and there's not a show everywhere, it, it, it reminds me of a place. If you remember Goodfellas where they light the place on fire, mm-hmm. um, to get the, the, the insurance money. It looks like that inside, but it's, it's more like Hawaiian a little bit. But on the walls is probably, at this point, probably like three or 400 different wrestlers that have come through and signed and you know, the, from Cena to Roddy Piper to uh, you know, Bam Bam Bigelow. They, they're all up there. And you can go and see that, but if you go after a Raw or a SmackDown, they're all there. <laughs> you know, drinking and, and eating their, their Chinese food. Chinese food is excellent there too. So it's a small recommendation. If completely random, if anyone's up here, if there's ever like a big WWE show and you want to go find them afterwards, they're always there. Kowloon's. You, do you know where our place is like that, AJ? Every time it like clockwork after the wrestling was over about an hour later, if you showed up at the local steak and shake, all the WWE wrestlers mm-hmm. were there. Mm-hmm. And all they wanted to do, like, was was eat and get back on the road. Uh, but yeah, it it's. I, I'm a huge wrestling fan. I uh, again, I feel like we could probably talk for hours, and who knows, we, we may do that in the future. But uh, really quick, since we're at halftime of the the show, let's thank the fine sponsors of the Cardinal Sports Zone Podcast: Fitness Market, Shack in the Back Barbecue, Four Pegs Beer Lounge. Derby City Lawn and Landscaping, All-American Pool and Supply Company, and TJ's Paint and Drywall. We really do, uh, we really do appreciate uh, appreciate you all sponsoring us and your support of the show. Yeah, man, I could talk about wrestling all day. I've got so many <laughs> special moments. Like back in in '85, I don't remember how old how old my brother how old my brother was at the point but like me and him were in the front row the only time wwe i'm sorry wwf came to town back then was during our state fair so my dad he knew somebody that could get tickets so we were front row hulk hogan versus iron sheik hulk hogan rips off his shirt throws it into the crowd i catch it i start getting no way yeah i've got it upstairs i still have it to this day well what's left of it wow because I start to get bombarded by people. There's like 20, 30 people trying to take the show. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little kid at this point. So my mom does the only thing she knows to do. She's right by, She grabs a shirt and puts it inside her, 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 uh, her shirt. And still people are trying to grab it. Finally, my dad has to like move everybody out of the way. But it, being the nice person my mom is, she's like, look, I'm going to cut little strips of it off and give it to each of y'all if y'all just leave us alone. So... Everybody got a little strip of the shirt that night. I still have half of it up in my dresser. And then one time, the other coolest story, uh, I can, well, two more. We'll do two more and then we'll move on to the bit. We got to talk business, AJ. We've talked pleasure this whole time. Got to talk some business. <laughs> got to talk some business, yep. brother. Uh, sorry, that was horrible. <laughs> but I, we we're walking out. I don't remember what happened. I think my little brother got it. I'm just going to blame it on him. That's the easiest thing to do. He had a stomach ache or something. And we had to leave. Oh, they were wrestling at the Louisville Gardens, and they were doing like a little house show. And we're we're walking out the door, and they're at the corner. 
is this customized minivan, and standing next to it is Andre the Giant. And he's got a 24-pack of beer in one hand and a 24 uh, in a, a 40 in the other hand. And he's just drinking and drinking and drinking up the storm. And he sets the bottle down and reaches down and grabs me and puts me on his shoulder. And my dad's like, my dad's a big guy. But, I mean, when you go up against Andre the Giant, like, that that's no joke. But my dad's like, oh, yeah, oh, thank you. Andre's like, well, you like a picture? And, of course, <laughs> we didn't have phones that had cameras back then. My dad's like, well, I don't, ha- I don't have a camera or anything, but I, well, we appreciate you interacting with the kid. Got me down. We bounced out. Third and final. I- I've got so many, but my third and final favorite story. I knew this was going to happen. I told my wife, I was like, this should be a quick in and out podcast. We're going to have a little fun, be in and out. I should have known better. I always jinx myself. Third and final story. I'm sitting there at, the, at, the, uh, at Freedom Hall. OVW, it was an OVW-WWE kind of crossover. The main event was Undertaker, gosh, versus Jerry Lawler, and Stone Cold was the, the special guest referee. It was, and, and they did that because even back then, OVW and USW, this was actually a USWA show. It wasn't OVW. This was before OVW was, was born. This was Jerry Lawler's wrestling federation that he ran here in Louisville oh, yeah. and in Memphis. And this this guy, he comes over, sits down next to me and my butt. This was a Tuesday night. I had just got uh, – I was in college, so I had just got done lifting weights, and me and one of my friends – we went to watch wrestling, and this guy comes and sits next to us. He's like, hey, man, how you liking the matches so far? I was like, oh, you wrestled in the opening match. Yeah, man, it, doing good, man. It, awesome. I was like, I'm having a good time and everything. And he's like, yeah, I'm debuting on the main roster next week. And I was like, oh, oh, really? Oh, congratulations. He's like, yeah, I'm going to be a big star. I'm like, oh, okay, man. He's like, well, I appreciate you, you you talking to me. You have a good day. And I looked at my friend. I was like, man, we ain't never going to see him again. <sighs> Who was it? Sure enough, Survivor Series. I don't remember which year it is. They're like, and coming to the ring, Rocky Maivia. Oh, gee. <laughs> and I'm like, I just told the Rock he's never going to be anything in his life. Only time I've ever uh-huh. missed on something like that. I'm, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see you soon. Right? And, you know, he goes away. And even though it, it's kind of like, a, oh, well, you look stupid now. I'm like, yeah, but I got to sit there and talk with The Rock before he was The Rock. And yep. and then I seen, a, I seen him a couple, uh, like maybe a year later I saw him. He was working out because him and uh, Coach, uh, Coach Snellenberger let him come up and, and use the, the weight room whenever because Snellenberger was a former Hurricane. Uh, whenever yep. former Miami guys were in that area, he let them work out there. And I was like, you know, I kind of doubted you last year, but it looks like you're doing pretty well. And he hadn't taken off yet. They were still chanting, die, Rocky, die. And I still wasn't sure he was going to be a star yet, but I walked up to him. I was real cordial. I was like, hey, man, I saw, you know, I didn't believe you were joining the main roster like you said, but you really proved me wrong. He's like, <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate it. And I just went about my way because I don't want to bother him. I know, I know, I didn't like to be bothered in, in, in times like that. But yeah, man, yep. I love wrestling. I could tell a thousand stories. Bam, bam, Bigelow cussed me out when I was like eight years old. I found Jake the Snake Roberts out in the parking lot at Freedom Hall, getting so drunk that he couldn't get up out of his chair. Uh, I, I could go on. I, I won't. I'm gonna stop right now. We have to talk shop, AJ. Yeah, we're getting totally sidetracked. Sidetracked. You know, I was going to, real quick, I swear I'm getting on to question six right here in a second. I was going to actually play AJ Styles' entrance music right before I introduced you. And I was like, yeah, but what if you don't like wrestling? And then I come off really, like, douchey. Uh, and he's like, well, what what the heck is that? And I'm like, uh, malfunction. That's all it was, a malfunction. So... <laughs> All right. You can program it in afterwards. That's totally fine. I could have just, I could have just edited it out. And I didn't even think about that. I Man, I've just been so excited all day to do this. I've been stuck in the house with this broken ankle for a week now, getting a little restless. So, uh, been very, very excited to talk to you tonight and watch the Red Sox and watch Raw, which I will be doing all those just as soon as we get off. Uh, 
get off the phone here, but question number six. Y'all are sitting there at four and two. Uh, an outsider may look and say, hey, why is everybody picking the cards to win this game? Uh, I have noticed that three or four, three out of the four of your wins were against teams that were subpar. I don't, I, I'm not trying to discredit what y'all have done. I don't do that. That's not yep. me. That's a different show. Um, but when you play lesser teams, which is not the player's fault, it's not the coach's fault, uh, the stats can be a little bit wonky and skewed. So uh, the first thing I looked at, I was like, all right, they're four and two. Or actually, when I did the, my, my prep for it, y'all were four and one. I was like, okay, let's see who they played. And, of course, I saw the schedule. I was like, okay, not – not, and I have no room to talk. We can We can barely beat anybody at this point. But I, I, I said, okay, well, they played these teams. Their stats m- must be off the chain. Then I started looking at the stats, and the stats weren't really that impressive either. Again, I'm not saying this in a negative way. I'm just wanting to know so you can inform us. Why is, the, why is BC a better team than most people think? Um, you know, so you look at the losses, and, you know, obviously Boston College lost their starting quarterback, Phil Dracovic, who was going to be a first-round, second-round draft pick at this point. In the first, second game of the season, they lost him in a fluky, fluky injury to UMass where I think it was like one of those like quarterback draws where they kind of just push forward, and I mm-hmm. think he just pushed down and broke his wrist. Yeah, I know about those fluky um, injuries, AJ. I know. Yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> uh, so so they, they go with Dennis Grossell, who um, I think played against you at Louisville a little bit last year yep. after Krovic got hurt. He did. Um, and – he is he's uh, he's inconsistent. He he's he's more of a game manager at this point. He can't really throw a long ball. And you know, the first four games he gets UMass garbage and I'm just gonna say that right off the bat. That's fine. Temple, I mean they're BC's they think they're BC's rival, but they're not. They're not Temple and Colgate, they wipe the floor with the three of them, right? Right. Then they get Mizzou, excellent game, and, and Grossell plays well. Clemson comes in. Uh, we go to Clemson, excuse me. Clemson, you know, if you watch that game, BC, <laughs> the last drive of that game, all they have to do is snap the ball mm-hmm. correctly. And Grossell drops it and fumbles it and can't get on the ball at the 11-yard line of Clemson. They, I mean, with like 40 seconds left, Clemson would have never been able to, to, to battle back against that. So they lose that game. You go to Saturday, they play NC State. It's supposed to be this huge game. It's a night game. Boston College, I'm telling you, I'm a graduate from there, was as crazy on campus as I've seen them in 20 years. Like, the place was rocking when I got there. <clears throat> so you go and you look around. The game is, is great for two quarters. It's back and forth. You know, BC's leaving some points out there, so you're like, eh, it's not going well. Third quarter is a complete S show. It is bad. <laughs> you know, there's a muffed punt. There is a um, just a weird play where Thayer Thomas goes for 80 yards and, uh, you know, the safety is going over the top and he kind of collides with a wide receiver who smashes into their, you know, like it's, a, it's like dominoes and then Thayer Thomas shoots out of that and he gets a touchdown. They have one drive and then it's like completely like everything unravels from there. So, you know, the game looked bad, but it wasn't like BC played bad because they had that one really crappy quarter where there was a lot of weird things that happened, and that was it. That was it. I just kind of just took them out of their zone, and they were gone. Um, so at this point, I think they're good. I'm not, I haven't seen it yet with Grossell, though, against a good team. So I think the betters, they look at that, and they're like, oh, God, what is he going to be able to do? And I think there's rightful concern about that because – you know, you play a team against Louisville. I mean, Louisville played BC tough last year, and Louisville was struggling and almost won that game. So what are they going to do against a BC team right now that isn't playing all that great? And and that's the thing about Louisville, and, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy we're 3-3 three and three right now because, honestly, you can look at every single game this year. We played three out of four quarters really, really well, and we, we've laid an egg every game in a certain quarter you can just watch it so 
That's why I was shocked when the odds the odds opened up at nine, and now it's, it's uh, Louisville by nine, and now it's Louisville by six. And I, I imagine it'll move some more before kickoff. And I'm like, what What are they – that's that's also what made me kind of suspect of BC because, like I said, and I didn't know – again, Louisville fan here. I don't follow all of Boston Co- – I haven't watched all of Boston College's games, but I have watched uh, three of them. And unfortunately, it was two of them were the two of them that y'all lost. But uh, I look at the stat sheet and I saw that the starting quarterbacks only thrown for about 950, 960 yards, five touchdowns, five interceptions. I did not know he didn't play the first two games of the season. So you've enlightened me there. And that's what we like to do. We like to inform people. Like, we're not here to be like, oh, we're going to beat y'all's brains in and y'all suck and we're the best. No, no, we're, we're trying yeah. to educate the masses. So that that that's one good thing to learn because I think a lot of people see the record and are like, okay, this this team, what's what's going on with the odds? If if Louisville, maybe maybe the odds makers are just assuming that this is going to be the game that Louisville puts it all together and plays four games, uh, four well four games in one day would be impressive. Four quarters uh, on Saturday and, and hopefully that is what happens. I mean, from my point of view, but I, I don't know. I just, I like to learn more about the team. And I know that from our side, uh, what coach Satterfield said during his press conference today. And from what I've seen, I already know that y'all are really good at running the ball. Luckily for us, we're, we're not so good defending the pass because we only, God, don't get me. I don't want to get. I don't want to get removed from my my privileges from the university. So I, I'll, I'll stop a little bit. But we only rush. We only rush three three linemen, and, and we drop everybody else back. But somehow we're still really good at defending the run, and we're not good defending the pass. So I, I do feel good about that matchup there. But um, for the those of us Louisvillians who don't know, who is the Boston College MVP right now? Okay, so I just want to jump in on the on the pass. Sure. Um, before uh, Jakovic went down, BC has really good wide receivers. They Flowers, their wide receiver mm-hmm. number four, is probably one of the best wide receivers in the, in the ACC. Grossell just struggles to get him the ball. Um, Jakovic, if he was if he was there, would you? This would be a major talking point because Jakovic and Zay had great chemistry because Jakovic could throw it downfield Grossell really can't but um so there's there's good passing there um so I I totally just got off on a tangent again what was your question (laughs) for those of us Louisvillians who don't know who's Boston College's MVP right now oh MVP so they're (laughs) all right want to go weird yeah this this whole conversation is going weird I'm going with the punter and here is why okay (laughs) Grant Carlson who if you watch that Saturday's game you go why are you saying that because he ended up dropping a punt that uh, NC State picked up and scored other five or six games he has been lights out with his punts so he you know if you watched earlier in the game he had a punt that went to the one yard line he's averaging about like 49 yards per punt he can flip the field better than anyone so in a game where Grossell is not the, the the offense is not super elite for BC right now Again, I say if Djokovic was here, it'd be a different story. But we're playing with what we got. Right. So Grossell, he's more of a game manager. When you have a punter that can do what Grant Carlson can do, it causes a lot of issues, especially if you're playing a team like Louisville, who the offense isn't completely there yet. So, like, he could be a big factor. And, I, and it sounds weird, and you're like, oh man, what team are we playing if they're saying the punter's the MVP? <laughs> but. He does a lot. I mean, he constantly is kicking within the 20 yard line and flipping the field so that when, you know, if the other, you know, the defense plays solid enough, you know, Louisville or whoever they're playing against is going to be punting from like the five or six yard line. All of a sudden the offense only has to go 40 yards. Right. So he does a, he does a lot. And I'm not, don't sell it short because it's a big factor in BC's off, uh, BC's game plan. Now we have. I, I'm a big appreciator of the specialists, the kickers, the punters, place kickers. Uh, we've got a, like a 26 or a 27 year old man child in the back uh, punting for us. His uh, name's Vassett. He uh, 
played I think he played professional rugby for a couple years across the water and he he punted like a 70 yard now he's not he's not lived up to what I thought he was going to be but he punted one last week or maybe it was the week before that was just it went about 70 71 yards I was like okay this is what we want to see the whole time but he does that whole rugby kick that makes me so nervous that somebody's out that somebody hadn't had one knock on wood hadn't had one blocked yet but yeah I, I know how important and I mean Louisville the last couple games Louisville missing field goals has has been one of the biggest reasons that we haven't uh won those said games speaking of what we got to do to win the or what needs to be done to win the game what does Boston College have to do to win this game Saturday night they they've got to get their offense on a, on a on a um, on schedule because they have the talent to run the ball they have the talent to pass the ball but they need to continue to move it if they fall behind if they're making mistakes if they're you know if if the offensive line who's played who played really well for two and a half quarters against NC State and they played really well against Clemson. But they've made mistakes in the past. If they go out there and start, you know, false starts, holding, that's going to cause BC to lose this game. So they got to play clean up front. They got to get on schedule. They got to make move, be able to move the ball. And, and I will say this: that that's a solid against us. That's a very solid battle plan. Uh, because here's what I will say: Malik uh, Malik Cunningham, our, our starting quarterback, struggled at the beginning of the season, but. For some reason, and, and I'm very thankful for it, the coaches started playing a little bit more up-tempo with him. And as the game has been sped up, our offense has been more efficient. He's been able to make more plays. He's only thrown, I think, two, his biggest issue the last two seasons has been how many turnovers he's had. He's, seeing, he's still not seeing the field as well as he should because he's missing a lot of wide-open balls. But... Mm-hmm. He's not making as many mistakes, and I think that's what we wanted to see from him this year. So, f- for me, what I think that that Louisville needs to do to win is just just because for some y'all always kill us. What we had the most problem with you all is not defending the rush or defending uh, necessarily any one individual. It's the tight end position. There's been a couple games up at BC where y'all just had wide open tight ends streaking the field touchdowns galore and we're like I'm like how's how do these guys keep getting open and it's not just one game it's and it is only at BC for some reason I'm like these kids these guys keep getting open what are we doing so I think for us for for my side of that I think what we need to do the game and I'm gonna ask you what what you think we need to do as well in case I miss anything I think we just need to defend the rush we need to keep uh offensively I think that we need to keep the pace going I feel like, uh, de- again, defensively, we need to not only defend the rush, but it seems like what I've seen uh, f- from from QB1 is if you rush him, he does make mistakes. And I feel like if we can put – which is – if you watched the Louisville game last week, we didn't put any pressure on, on, uh, <clears throat> on them in the fourth quarter, uh, on Virginia in the fourth quarter, and they ate us alive. So – Hopefully we learn from those mistakes and we do put the pressure on. I, I feel like we do. I, I think honestly with Grossell, it's less about getting pressure on him than leaving him in the pocket and covering his covering his receivers better. Because gotcha. when he has to make a decision and it's a tougher decision to get the ball out, he struggles more. And that's when you get sacks. He hold, he'll hold on to the ball way too long. He can't get rid of it. That kind of stuff. If he gets rid of it quick, he's in better shape than if he – sits back there and has to look and look and look. Then he starts to panic and he makes a bad read. So I, I, I that's kind of where I think he's at, but you know, he can, he can struggle on both, both ends. Absolutely. So I'm going to ask you the same question. What do you think Louisville needs to do to win this game? I, I think you were totally dead on with the tempo. Um, BC hasn't really played tempo uh, on defense this year. Um, teams that they played against, you know, Clemson, they, they've got that, you know, slow moving slog of whatever the heck their offense is right now, which is not very good. <laughs> not at all. Um, no. And NC state, they were happy to play more of a pro style offense last week. Uh, and then, you know, they played some poor teams, but last year I thought BC struggled against tempo. 
And I think as well, you know, BC hasn't played a true mobile quarterback. DJ Uyagole, he's kind of mobile, but he's more like big guy, just, you know, like running straight forward. Mikhail Cunningham, I, I'm Malik, sorry, Mikhail, yeah. Malik Cunningham, um, I think presents a bigger problem for BC, and it'll be a test that they haven't had this year, which is that mobile quarterback. Because last year, they struggled mightily against Malik and other mobile quarterbacks. I think they got faster on defense, so they will be able to defend better, but we haven't seen it yet. So I think this will be a unique opportunity for the defense, but you know, it would be something worthwhile to see if they can't stop it because they weren't able to do it last year. First off, we get confused too because he changed his name like eight times last year during the season. Uh, he, he, he He's made it clear that he wants to be known as Malik going forward. And, man, I almost gave you a standing ovation. I would have never even attempted to pronounce Clemson's starting quarterback's last name. I just thought – I didn't know if you were sneezing or if you were pronouncing it incorrect. It just was like he's just going on and on. It was like uh, – yeah, uh, you know, DJ supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, and I'm like, <laughs> man. Yeah, Mike, I've got a co-host who comes on every now and then, and he's much more down the middle and, like, really, like, you know, official. And he even tells me I'm still wrong. So, I'm like, I used to call him DJ Ukulele, so <laughs> I'm getting better. That's what I would have uh, – that's funny. That's what exactly what I would have called him and what I probably will call him when we – uh do the game day prep with those guys over at Clemson. I'm looking well, so forward to and that. And I felt so bad because I was butchering the poor guy's name, and I worked so hard to figure it out. And so two weeks ago, I get on with Kelly Gramlich, who's on ACC Network, and on her podcast, and immediately she's like, DJU. I'm like, is that really what you call him down here? Because I've been trying so dang hard to get his name right. And you just go, DJU. <laughs> there's there's no way that's what they call it. I'm calling a bluff on that yeah, one. And she's from Clemson. <laughs> I'm calling the bluff. I'm calling the bluff. Um, all right, last but not least, and I have enjoyed my time with you tonight, AJ. I really do appreciate you coming on here. We're going to throw some some little stats out there. Louisville's average margin, they score 32 a game. They give up 29 a game. Um for Boston College, they only give up 20 a game, uh, 19.5 to be exactly. They score about 31 points per game. Uh, good. I mean, just the stat, The stats are really, really close. So I'm going to ask you for your score prediction. Louisville Open, as I said, is a nine-point favorite. It's down to, I think, six, six and a half, depending on where you look at. What 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 is your prediction for this game? Man, I mean – Part of me thinks like Jeff Halfley and the in the squad they're going to react to a bad loss. I mean, it was a bad loss, and that I think the team wants to play better. Um, I, I hate that it's on the road, and it's homecoming for Louisville, so I know that's a big factor too. Um, you know, it's a nine point spread from what I saw last. I think that's too big. Uh, I do too. Um, ESPN's got it at six right now. Yeah, that seems much more likely. I think I got Louisville winning by like a field goal, like maybe like 28-25 or something like that. Okay, okay. And and just really quick because I didn't our homecoming game is later in the season. it's not BC, but it's still a big game oh. because the people here uh I mean we really do like a lot of the teams that we're in the ACC with. I I can honestly say other than Clemson, I have enjoyed every single other team, uh, whether I've been covering football, basketball, baseball, the writers, the media, the bloggers, the radio. I'm just however, you, whatever umbrella you want to put it under. I have been. I feel like it's been awesome to to, to join the ACC and, and to be a part of this because I mean, you meet for like I have no doubt. I mean, you're going to be friends forever now, probably. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, it, and it, it's like this every week. I talk to somebody. I'm like, man, there's no way I can meet anybody cooler than that. And then, and then it's just built every week. Now I know for sure that I can't meet anybody cooler than you. But I still, I still really, really enjoy talking to you tonight. Uh, I'm going to give my score prediction. My score prediction is a little different. And only because I think this is the game we finally put four quarters of football together. And I think it's Boston. It's going to be one of those situations where 
you're probably thinking, well, it probably would be our luck that this would be the game y'all put it all together. I'm going 34-21 Louisville. I, I, I just have this feeling that we're, we're going to click offensively. We're still going to give up some big plays defensively. But, man, uh, that just seems like a very large margin. But I, I, I just – just something in my heart. You know, you can't explain it sometimes. I've been very, very fair. I predicted the, I predicted the Virginia loss. I predicted the Wake Forest loss. Uh, I didn't I didn't predict the Mississippi uh the Mississippi loss. I guess I should have, but I didn't. So I I'm very fair. I'm not a homer. I guess is what I'm trying to get a point uh the point I'm trying to get across to those Boston College listeners that are going to tune in because you're on the show. Uh I don't dislike you at all, you all at all, but I just feel like this is going to be the game we put it all together. Scott's kind of on the hot seat a little bit because our fan base don't understand half the things he's doing on the field, and understandably so. I think he's a good dude. I think he he made a couple of mistakes last year, and he's paying for it this year. But here's the thing. He's not going anywhere. He's going to win three more games this season. We're going to go to a bow, and he's going to stay. We, we can't afford to pay anybody's buyout. Anyway. That's why I keep trying to explain to Cardination. We can't pay a buyout, so he's here for the rest of the year if he wins and y'all are not dare going to cheer against him to lose. So you're in a lose, lose situation. If you want him gone, because you want the team to win, he's going to stay here. But nevertheless, I know again, a tangent, you know, shock, shock, Jeremy. But uh, again, we've not played a complete game all year. And I think with the buzz around the team and the coaching seat right now, I think we finally do uh, get that done. AJ, thank you again so much for joining me today i really do appreciate it can you let all the fine people out there know where they can find all your work and your social media handle as well please yeah absolutely so you can find me on twitter at aj black underscore bc um you can also find me on the the host of locked on boston college i do i talk about bc sports five days a week um if you like me on here kind of the same on there so <laughs> i talk about everything i'll be talking about the quarterback situation for the next rest of the week because bc fans are clamoring for a new quarterback which i think is ludicrous but whatever um i, I you can find me on locked on bc you can i'm the editor and publisher of sports Illustrated's bc bulletin uh all my work's up there you can see predictions you can see all my uh coverage i'm a credentialed media reporter i won't be at the louisville game because i can't travel down that far uh, but for most of the home games i'm at bc so check that out too that's fair i i don't like to trap my wife's working up in minnesota for for a couple of of months and I told her that you know she's just gonna have to fly home to see me because I'm not driving that far uh I don't know how she's made it a whole week without seeing me face to face but uh kudos to her but yeah I, I understand completely that that that's a far drive even uh, but hey next time you got somewhere to come stay if you want to make the drive you can come stay with me Mikasa Sukasa uh I appreciate you man Shout out again to all of our fans. If you ever come out to Boston next year and you want to experience Boston food, Boston beer, you know where to look. I am (laughs) absolutely coming. uh, Now, I'm not going to – I don't think I'm coming up for the game next year. But I am bringing my – I'm trying to do the same thing with my nieces that my dad did as far as taking us all out to travel and stuff. So this summer we're going out west. Next summer we're going up east. And I will absolutely get in contact with you so we can meet up. And, and you can show us how, how to party in in in, be, in, in, Bo- in Beantown. Beantown, absolutely. Did, I, I haven't looked back at the game. Are we still doing good, or are they they doing that little annoying thing where Nine they three right now? Where they score a couple runs and give themselves hope? Okay. <sighs> Shout out again to all of our fine sponsors: Fitness Market, Shack in the Back Barbecue, Four Pegs Beer Lounge, Derby City Lawn and Landscaping, All American Pool and Supply. NJT's drywall and painting. Uh, we're working on more. If you'd like to sponsor the Cardinal Sports Zone podcast, give us a call at 502-694-0375. You can follow us on social media at Card Sport Zone on Twitter and Instagram. On Facebook, it's just Cardinal Sports Zone. Three separate words. Hit that like button. Make it Facebook official, and you can find us on YouTube at Cardinal Sports Zone. You can find us on all the podcast avenues, uh, over 125 to be exact, including Apple, iTunes, Buzzsprout, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google, Amazon, and iHeart. 
hit the subscribe button now. You'll get these podcasts before anybody else does on the Twitterverse and the internet. Uh, you'll get them first if you're subscribed. If you haven't listened to all the episode, previous episodes of the Cardinal Sports Zone podcast, then go back, check them all out. Go to cardinalsportszone.com, the place it all began. Uh, go to the tab, podcast tab, hit the drop-down menu, go to CSE Podcast. There's also a couple podcasts from our earlier renditions and iterations of this show when we were on ESPN Louisville and before that when we were uh, we had the show on Blog Talk Radio. We've come a long way. We appreciate your all support along that way. Uh, shout out to everybody that is sharing the podcast. We appreciate you. We love y'all. Thanks again for the support. AJ, thank you one last time. I've thanked you about 3,000 times. Uh, I, I really do appreciate it. And uh, until next time, this has been the Game Day Prep, and this has been the Cardinal Sports Zone Podcast.